to the second episode of the Sober Podcast. My name is Alex. And my name is Juan. This is a podcast that we created for people who have or are trying to get sober. We will discuss various topics dealing with sobriety each episode and welcome guests to share their sober stories with the hope of reaching anyone who's been affected by addiction. So welcome and let's jump right in. There are many different cycles out there, but we are just going to talk about the three that we feel like you might relate to the most. So the episode is called Breaking the Cycle. We have a four-step inventory of breaking any cycle, but first we want to discuss the different types of cycles that are out there. There's family or parents-induced, self-inflicted cycle, and the cycle of depression. So the most basic cycle of human beings as a group is being born and dying. But we know not everybody follows the route that's exact same way. At least I know that I haven't yet because I'm still alive. I hope you're alive as well and not dead. According to Harvard University Center for the Developing Child, this is called epigenetics. For those of us that have no clue what that is or are not scientists or scholars, uh, it's basically the theory that certain childhood experiences can influence which of the genes we are born with are or are not activated. An example is families such as mine, in which addiction is something that runs from generation to generation. A person being born to an addict already has the propensity to develop substance use disorder. However, growing up in a household struggling with this increases the propensity of addiction resurging. than someone with the same genes living in a totally different environment. The second type of cycle that we are talking about is the self-inflicted cycle. This deals with habits forming with repeated actions. So as we begin to start a new habit or we're creating a new habit, whether we do that on purpose or not, we start to do the same thing over and over again. And the more times that we do it, the easier it becomes for us to remember and to experience it. Third cycle that we're talking about is the cycle of depression. In the cycle of depression, I have an interesting way of looking at it. At least I think so. Maybe nobody else would think so. <laughs> the cycle of depression, I think, is not a cycle at all. So if you were to look at the cycle of depression from a two-dimensional space, like from God's view, and you're looking straight down on the cycle of depression, it's, it seems and it appears that the person is just going around and around. Until you change your perspective from God's point of view to something that is more 3D, you'll see that the more times around the person goes in the cycle of depression, the actual deeper they go. So it's like a screw going into the ground. If you look at a screw from God's point of view, you just look at it when it's being turned into the ground and it's just going around and around and you ask, why can't this person just stop being depressed? But in reality, when you change your perspective and see depression for what it really is, it's like a screw. The more times that you're going around, the deeper and deeper it goes into the ground or into whatever substance. And I believe that once you have that perspective change, whether you're the person experiencing it or not, once you have that perspective change, something happens with the individual and they can start to see a way out. And the only way of taking a screw out, you can't just strip it out because it damages all the other parts around 
the screw, but if you're able to actually go back the same way that you came in, then you're able to not have as much damage, kind of changing that perspective to see it differently. And whether you are the person that is going through it and you have a perspective change to understand that it's not just a cycle of going around and around and you can't just exit it. You have to go back out the same way that you came through and that takes a lot of time and effort. Now that we've covered these three different cycles, maybe you have one, maybe you have all three, but how do we break them? And Juan will go ahead and explain the first of the four steps in doing that, which is awareness. So in order to begin the process of change, having awareness of the problem, behavior, or situation is required. I mean, obviously, you cannot change something that you have no idea you even have to begin with. And, you know, like, this brings me back to an example of uh, one of my friends a couple of years back. Uh, so just for context, so we're, like, in this, like, river uh, of men, as we like to call <laughs> it. It's, it's a rest stop. You know, you'd go there and hook up. Imagine me, like, 10 pounds, okay, 30 pounds lighter. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm a little bit more uh, voluptuous now, should we say. <laughs> but anyway, you know, back to the point. I was picking up my friend Vicky, and, you know, we wanted to go to the rest stop to, like, just get drunk and, you know, and have fun. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we wanted to get, like, something, like, super classy to drink. You know, of course, so we got an 18-pack of Budweiser. <laughs> <laughs> because, right, like, nothing classier than, than uh lukewarm beer because they didn't have any in the fridge so we went there we drank the 18 pack I want to say in about 45 to 50 minutes which you know there's nothing normal about that I got back in the car and we started driving off going to like another park and basically on my last year of probation for a DUI that I had so anyway here I am driving like crazy and then I see a siren behind me. Like, mm. it, it was like the cops. So, like, I freaked, like, the F out of my mind. I don't know if I can say F. Say <laughs> I think I just want. said it. Say whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, so, so I freaked out of my mind. And I just pulled out of the freeway and into a shell. And, like, I was so wasted. I could barely even talk. You know, the cop, like, rolled up next to us because we were in the parking lot in the in the gas station and he said sir have you been drinking today and, and my mouth was all over the place and my voice was um how do you say it? well I couldn't even slurring yes yeah, learn I couldn't <laughs> talk straight and I was like uh, I, I had I had one two beers of like two hours ago and then, you know, my friend was next to me. She was passed out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, Vicky, but she did not know what was going on. So I'm like, I looked at her and I'm like, but this bitch had like 30. <laughs> 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 and it's just like, I guess like the point of all of this is that I, I didn't want to accept that I have a problem. And, you know, I didn't have awareness because I willfully didn't want to look at the stuff. So I would surround myself with people that acted the same way I did. Because if it was okay with them, then there's nothing wrong, right? 
So I just kind of like finish out of what happened. Um, I didn't get a DUI. I didn't get arrested. I don't know why. I think I should have. But the cop just told me to, you know, get out of the car. And if he saw me there again, any of us, you know, we'd be arrested. So that was, that was a blessing. You know, we walked into that liquor store. You know, I got another, another two tall cans. Actually, I think it was a three-pack of the, I think it was like the 48s or the 56, the, the big ones. You know, but of course I couldn't drive because he had already seen me. Right. So I gave the keys to my friend and I'm like, okay, you drive. <laughs> but she had drive. dirty. <laughs> like, yeah, so yeah, we made it home and, and, you know, thankfully we were okay. The second step in breaking any cycle is to create new habits. So within creating new habits, there's a couple of things that I want to talk about. The first one is what is a habit? You know, that is something really interesting because it's like, you know, you hear it so much and like sometimes have no idea what it is or just think that it's something completely different. The, there's three different stages of habit formation. And the first one is reminder. And the second one is routine. The third one is reward. And an example of what this is, is a reminder is something like your cell phone receives a push notification that someone likes or commented on one of your photos. The notification serves as a cue or trigger that tells you to check your account. So after you have that first reminder, then there's the routine that comes after the cue or the trigger or the reminder that happens. So the second step of habit formation is routine. This is the actual behavior. When you receive the push notification, you actually check your Instagram account. The third and final part of habit formation is the reward. This is the benefit that you gain from actually doing the behavior. So in this phone and push notification example, it's finding out who likes or commented on one of your photos. You recall that the reward helps the brain figure out if this particular loop is worth remembering for the future. So let's take a closer look at an example of turning out the lights when you leave a room. The reminder is the light tells your brain to go into automatic mode and which habit to use when leaving the room. The routine is the actual behavior of turning out the light. And the reward is a lower utility bill and better overall home energy budget. So you can see exactly what a habit is here. Now the second part of it is changing the habit loop and how to do that. So let's plug this new routine into the habit loop and see how it works. The time that your class ends tells your brain which habit to employ. If you want to be an extra ambitious, you could create a calendar notification on your computer or mobile device. The routine is studying after class with friends or alone. And the reward is socializing with friends at Starbucks after studying and earning better grades. That is coming from the Learning Center at UNC, North Carolina, University of North Carolina, to explain exactly what habit formation is. After you are aware of your habits and you're trying to create new ones, there's different processes that you can go through to do that. The first one is setting SMART goals. And this is something that you might have heard, the acronym SMART, which is uh, when you set a goal, it has to be specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. So it has to be time-bound. 
So the first one is specific. So when you set a goal, it needs to be specific and detailed out. Uh, the reason for this is because if you just make a bland goal and in a broad goal, then you don't know how to get there. If you make it specific, you explain the process and how to get there as well. So for example, a specific goal would be, I want to lose 10 pounds by working out every day at 5 p.m. for the next month. That meets the, the specific level because it explains how you're gonna get to your goal by working out every day at 5 p.m. and the overall goal, which is losing the weight. It's measurable because you have 30 days to do it and you're losing so many pounds by that so you can track it. It's attainable. It's something that is actually attainable for an individual. You could lose 10 pounds in, in a month. Uh, maybe, maybe not, um, but you, it has to be attainable. It also has to be realistic. So it's got to be something that's realistic for you. Let's say that you're at 120 pounds and you want to get to 110. Maybe you can't do that in 30 days. But if you're at a higher weight, you can lose 10 pounds in 30 days. So it needs to be realistic. And then the last one is time bound. And th for this example, it's within 30 days. So when you set a goal, a smart goal, you're getting specific with it. And now you need to create the new habits in order to reach this goal. Oh, yeah. And I just, I was wondering um, when you were talking about that and also had like a little comment when it comes to like, time bound and th losing that weight in 30 days and that's obviously without like drugs right because if right. you use meth you can lose well yeah that, probably so, that but that wouldn't be a healthy way of doing it right yeah you you want to set smart goals like literally something that is smart and, and healthy for you so this is a process that i do as a life coach with my clients and and other therapists and stuff like out, out there have adapted this principle and this smart goal technique. So this is something that is always used in the personal development area. So I wouldn't set a smart goal that is going to hurt you or, or do something negative. This is something right. that's positive for yourself. Because, you know, when you said lose 10 pounds in 30 days, uh, my mind automatically went to that. Right. But, you know, that's kind of goes into what we're talking about, just changing the those cycles that kind of like become automatic. Right. And so first you have to be, so we'll go through the steps again. First you have to be aware that of what the cycle is. Mm -hmm. And then you have to create new habits. So set smart goals. And then also when you're creating new habits, you have to be able to implement them, which leads us to our third step, which is taking action. So first is awareness. Second is creating new habits. And third is taking action on those new habits. So in order to implement new habits that you have, there's a couple processes that I'm gonna talk about here. The first one is called anchoring. And anchoring is taking an already existing habit and attaching a new habit to it. So let's say that you brush your teeth every morning. You're brushing your teeth every morning, that's an existing habit that you already have in place. But you want to implement a new habit of meditation in your mornings. So what you do is you you take the anchoring or you take the original habit, which is brushing your teeth. You put a post-it note on the mirror uh, every night. So then you see it when you're brushing your teeth to meditate. And that is wow. anchoring. And then you meditate after that. 
because when you're trying to create a new habit, there's a lot of different reasons why you don't do it. Maybe you, maybe you are aware that you should do it and you just don't feel like it, you're not motivated. Um, but this, when you, anchor when you anchor it to an original habit, this is more for those people that just forget to do the new habit that mm. they want to implement. This is just an example of an anchoring habit. Uh, another process that is out there for habits and creating new ones is called the AED, which is add, edit, and delete. And this is a process where you want to add a new habit, uh, you want to edit a current one, or you want to delete a bad habit that you have in your existing daily routine. So basically you go through the process and you, and you write down, you become aware of your habits and you write down what you wanna add, what you wanna edit and what you wanna delete. And then there's a process to go through for that. First step is awareness, second step is creating new habits, and third step is taking action. And Juan's going to join us for the fourth step. Uh, yes, so our fourth step is accepting the results. And such a simple concept, accepting the results of you know, the prior actions, uh, but it can't be because we not only have to be okay, uh, you know, failing, but also be able to accept the change that comes with, you know, with that possibly, you know, achieving what, you know, what you were out there looking for. I mean, it's a new, it's a, it's a new feeling. And, you know, I know that sometimes for some of us in, in addiction, we're, you know, used to all of the negativity because, you know, our choices, you know, they, they do not produce the best results. It's like, you know, if you're going to, get high and stay up for seven days, you probably shouldn't take a test or a quiz afterwards. Because, <laughs> you know, you're gonna, you're gonna fail. But, you know, you gotta just be kind and gentle to yourself and fight through the fear of something good. Because it might be different and it's gonna be uncomfortable because comfort is what, you know, we are living prior to making that change. Even if, if it's bad, you know, it's bad, but it's what we're used to. So, yeah, I, I would say, you know, based on this and accepting the results, you know, just be gentle to yourself. And, you know, I just say accept the change, big or small. There's an accountability process for this as well. You have to be and understand that you are responsible for your actions and you're responsible for the results. So that can go either way here. So if you have have bad habits, you have to be okay and accepting the results of those bad habits. And a lot of times when we're in addiction, we blame it on other people mm -hmm. and we don't accept that we are the ones that are at fault. And this might be a little hard for some people to hear, but you are responsible for everything that you've manifested into your life. You are responsible for everything that has come into your life, good and bad. And that comes with heavy accountability. But once you realize that you are accountable for those things, you start to build new habits in the ways that we talked about, and you start to see the good in things that are coming back to you because you're putting out good into the universe. So there's different belief systems around this, but accepting the results is very important because you have to be okay with I'm responsible for where I'm at. I'm the only one that is held responsible for where I'm at. It's nobody else's fault. 
And I think that that's an important concept to add here in terms of accepting the yeah. results. And like just a, a quick side note, you know, some people do have like horrific things, you know, tragic or traumatizing things that happen to them. But it's when that situation becomes the, I want to say like the go-to, like, you know, I keep doing this because X, Y, and Z happened to me and it starts becoming the crutch instead of, you know, the reason to go from there and be resilient. So we're not, you know, by any way downplaying anything that anyone has gone through. It's just doing that and, you know, going forward from that, which, you know, whatever way that may look for, uh, you know, for anyone. Right. So there's different things that happen in our lives that we might not be responsible for, but we are responsible for our action and our response to those things. Instead of the things that happen to us, we're always responsible. Uh, that's not what I mean. I mean, like, we're responsible for our actions after something happens to us, and we're responsible for our reactions and our responses to certain things. If we want to get super worked up over something, then we'll get super worked up over something. I, other addicts can totally understand that. But we have the ability to pull back when we put into practice things like creating new habits and meditation, we're able to pull back and see the problem for what it is and not react and get so worked up about it. One thing that I wanted to think about in terms of, we are a product of our own environment. And when we were young and we end up being a product of our environment. So sometimes these new habits that you're putting into action, they take you away from your current environment and your friends. And I'm just here to say that that's okay. A lot of people say you need the only thing that you need to change is everything when you're getting sober. And that when you start to create these new habits, don't be surprised if your surroundings change because you are starting to vibrate on a different frequency. You are starting to implement new things into your life and personally grow. And when you grow, sometimes you have to leave behind people that don't and that can be difficult that can be hard whether that's a relationship that you're in whether that's a friendship whether that is a, a father or a mother or parents or, or a sibling it can be difficult when you start to personally grow because you're not better than anybody and i'm not better than anybody when we personally grow it's just i'm on a different trajectory i'm on a different path that's all it is the last thing that I wanted to say is this quote by Jim Rohn, which is, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So as we end this session in this, wow. this episode, I just want you to think about that. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So think about the, the five people that you spend the most time with and assume that you are the average of them. So who are you hanging around? What, what are you putting yourself around in your environment that may be affecting you? Thank you so much for joining us on this second episode of Sober. Please join us on social media at Sober on Facebook and Sober underscore podcast on Instagram. And please join us for the next episode of Sober. If you or anyone you know is struggling with addiction or would like to know more about the subject, please visit the link on our show notes.